Welcome to episode three of the Year of the Movie podcast, the podcast where we discuss movies that were released in 2023. Woo! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> we're full of energy. Uh, but something something that's different about today's episode is we have a different setup. We're in a different location, which will probably change again at some point as well. Spoilers. Um, but we also have different cameras. We have a whole multi-view thing going on. So here's my camera, and and then and then maybe we'll get. Uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Maggie's camera. Neat. Wow. <laughs> and then the wide shot, and we'll probably just mainly stick to the wide shot. But it's just fun to have a whole little thing here. So welcome back if you've been here before, and welcome to the first time viewers. <laughs> Maggie, why did we start this podcast? <laughs> we started this year of the movie podcast uh, because it's a goofy year for movies before strikes even happened. Just yeah, uh, starting strong with sixty-five. Of 65 course, sixty-five was cooking bear. Sixty-five was, and we just wanted to cover this weird year in movies especially considering last year was like a lot of quality stuff came out yeah. and this year we're getting there it's august now barbie and oppenheimer have now come out at this point yeah but it's still it's been goofy there's not much else out there that's like high quality stuff though as mainstream as those are yeah so today's episode is uh a netflix release movie so i think it's our first Netflix original. Netflix yeah. original streamer, yeah. direct to streaming. Uh, we have a ghost, mm-hmm. which since it's come out, I have not really heard anyone talk about it. Nope. Um, I saw some buzz for the trailer. Yeah. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah. What were? Did you do you remember your initial impressions when you first heard about the trailer or the movie? I mean, when I. Uh, heard about the movie I just saw David Harbour as a ghost Mm -hmm. and then when I saw the trailer I was definitely excited Mm -hmm. because one it it looked fun like it looked goofy but then it also has Tignataro in it Mm -hmm. and uh, something I guess you guys should just know is that we're big fans of Tignataro especially when Tignataro shows up in movies because it's a newer kind of thing and yeah uh, so I was definitely excited for it when the trailer came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one that we watched pretty much as soon as it came out. Yeah. I mean, it was easier, obviously, because it was on a streamer. Yeah, I think that's probably why. Because otherwise, obviously, since this podcast started in July, then we've delayed yeah. pretty much the rest <laughs> of them. So for those of you who don't know what We Have a Ghost is about, um, the synopsis of that one is... Uh, Finding a ghost named Ernest haunting their new home turns Kevin's family into overnight social media sensations. But when Kevin and Ernest go rogue to investigate the mystery of Ernest's past, they become a target of the CIA. Sounds fun. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. It's Um, a ghost. Before we, like, really talk about the trailer, uh, I kind of want to talk about uh, my review for it that I put... Because I read it to remind me on, on oh, uh, yeah. Letterboxd or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it begins with, I keep saying 2023 is the year of the movie. That's true. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I say that this film backs that up. And uh, I have some things that I can touch on later, but it's just like a, it was a really well-made movie. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the actors like really nail it. Um, but the main thing that I thought that really made this like a fun movie was that it, it was a movie that felt like it was fun to make and it was just a fun movie. Um, and I feel like if this had been a movie that had come out in like the 80s, it yeah. would have been a classic. Mm-hmm. But because there's just so much content now yeah and it was a netflix original i think it's unfortunately going to be a movie that kind of doesn't really get remembered too much yeah it uh it definitely has the feel of like the 80s classic wacky family movie but then also injecting like social media and technology of 2023 is a huge part of this movie yeah um so I wonder, like, watching it five to ten years from now, how it'll feel, <laughs> if it'll still feel like a classic. Yeah. Uh, so the way that this podcast works is that the the first half is kind of talking about what's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then we get to spoiler territory where we kind of talk about, like, what happens in the movie and our thoughts and everything. Mm-hmm. So... If you don't want to listen to that part, just listen to us when we say spoiler time <laughs> and <laughs> stop <laughs> listening. <laughs> uh, but for now, we will discuss the trailer. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk sure. about that? Uh, so it starts off with like a kind of a typical horror movie feeling where there's a lot of like that very specific piano music uh and ghost sounds and a couple is buying an old house and wondering what the history of it is um and then it's a pretty simple setup of kevin the main character is the new kid in town he finds out that the place that he's moved to is haunted and other kids call it the house of death which not the most creative nickname seems pretty on the nose yeah i've known high schoolers to be more creative than just house of death brag um So then we see Kevin investigating the house at night. Spooky music continues. He finds a ghost, Ernest, in the attic. Uh, Ernest does, like, the ghost noises at him, trying to scare him. And then instead of being scared, Kevin laughs. Um, We see a vertical video that he's shooting on his phone. Um, And then Ernest storms off, and then the tone of the trailer changes into more of a comedy. Um... You see Kevin's fan- family finding out about Ernest. They have varying responses. The mom is freaked out about it. Uh, Kevin's dad posts a clip of Ernest online. It goes viral, and there's a seemingly instant, overwhelming response that there is a real confirmed ghost. There are people in their front lawn with signs. A guy dressed like Jesus is there. Um, and uh, the dad in the trailer, like you can see, like is posting the video in a closet or something. Yeah, he's doing this in secret. Yeah, which yeah. is interesting we'll skip and come back to that yeah i mean in the trailer in the trailer he says to the kids don't tell your mom yeah and then he's secretly posting so either the mom is anti-ghost or anti-social media uh both i guess or in this one more specifically anti-ghost because he says don't tell your mom she'll freak out and then we see her meeting Ernest, and she freaks out yeah um which is fair it's a ghost Mm -hmm. in your house um anyway Kevin, we see 
forming more of a personal connection to Ernest. He tries to like shake his hand. He tries to find out more about him. We learned that uh, Ernest can't speak and he has some sort of mysterious past that he can't remember. We see him seemingly dead on the ground outside of the house at one point, uh, very briefly. Um, Kevin encourages Ernest to go outside. We see him freaking people out that are all on the lawn and then running through walls of various businesses. So it's not typical ghost rules where he's rooted to the place. He's allowed to go outside. Yeah. Um, and then the CIA is there. Um, so Which the CIA seems to be head, headed by, or at least this group of the CIA is headed by Tignataro. Yeah. So what we know about Tignataro's character is that she works for the government. Yeah. Um, Tignataro shows up and she's like, our orders are to apprehend the ghost. <laughs> and so... Straight from the top. Yeah. Tignataro and the ghost police uh, try and capture Ernest. That's a great band name. Yeah. I'll add it later. <laughs> Um, uh, they try and get Ernest, uh, Kevin and his friend from school who I don't remember her name right now oh. and it doesn't mention it in the trailer, um, but they, it, it shows them on the run. They talk about being outlaws. Um, and then there's just a lot of quick cuts after that of like characters interacting with police. Um, Ernest goes into a cop car at one point. There's like a lot of high speed chases flashing lights everything gets a little more chaotic and the plot becomes less obvious from the images um and then the last sequence that they show is jennifer coolidge's character who is a medium and it's her visiting the house of death to shoot an episode of her show she's like a tv medium yeah specifically. like long island medium <clears throat> yeah. type of vibe um and then kevin asks ernest if he wants to have some fun and then ernest purposefully scares jennifer coolidge by like melting his face and turning things on and off and that kind of stuff and then you see jennifer coolidge jump out a window i like uh, that the order of your description is that the melting of the face was fine but it was yeah. when ernest turned stuff on and off that jennifer coolidge that is like no job. that's not gonna do it for me <laughs> dog <laughs> she knows her limits who am i to judge <laughs> so that's those are all the shots in the trailer basically um it's pretty clear that like we said, that technology and social media specifically are a big factor in the story. Um, and then just from the trailer, after the social media element is introduced, then the plot gets less, obviously, like a horror movie. And it becomes more into the, yeah. the family comedy vibe. Maybe, like, yeah, like, I feel like the pitch for this movie mm-hmm. was... What if we make Casper the friendly ghost, but the ghost is played by David Harbour and he is just a full grown adult? Mm -hmm. I don't have much on the pitch of the actual movie, but I do have a couple of interesting production facts about how it was made and the director that we can get to later after Mm -hmm. we talk about what we think about the movie. Um, It does seem like, uh, I think like you said earlier, that it seems like everyone had a pretty good time making it or or like it's it seems like a fun movie and that's kind of the vibe that this director gives off for most things that he works on yeah so yeah Um, yeah so what what we thought of the movie Mm -hmm. um i mean i've kind of already said it i thought it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. goofy enjoyable movie yep um it tries to do some things yeah and it certainly doesn't 
always land. It's um it's one of those movies that like I'm not a huge like champion of social media. Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious if you look up my stuff online, then there's <laughs> not a lot there. Accounts are mostly private, that kind of thing. Um but this movie does like that same shorthand thing of an outside newer contemporary element is threatening the traditional family structure and we have to come together despite it and it's like i don't know if social media is that black and white it's kind of a tool and like that even the trailer points out like their video goes viral and the dad says that's money like they are there are a lot of opportunities (laughs) with social media too like the stuff that we're trying to do Mm -hmm. like having a more online audience social media is a huge aspect of that unfortunately so it's it's not a bad take it's just not a nuanced one which isn't like a yeah huge and deal definitely wasn't like i don't think this movie's purpose was to be like think about your social media use and how it affects the world but Their it is just, is an instagram bad yeah <laughs> uh i i did think that like when watching it that it like kind of depicted social media in a like in a somewhat accurate way of just like yeah. people like really sharing and viral and like getting on the trend like there was a tiktok trend called like the earnest or something in the movie yeah. um that's not a spoiler thing that's fine <laughs> um but i also think it should be pointed out that the dad in this movie is played by anthony mackie yeah who is falcon and like the mcu and like a bunch of other stuff obviously but like i don't know he's this sort of in touch out of touch dad mm-hmm. and i just don't know if anthony mackie is quite like the casting that i would have gone with like he did a great job and yeah. like anthony mackie is great but it like when i think anthony mackie i don't think father of two teenage sons yeah who's um money when <laughs> for social media yeah so this story is based off of a short story called Ernest, um and in uh i believe it's called yeah Ernest. um in the short story apparently the dad is um not a lovable character mm. so when they were uh trying to turn this into a movie then they were like we have to make the dad likable and make his position much more sympathetic than it is in the story where he's i guess he's just trying to exploit the ghost i don't know much about the short story itself yeah um but in this it's understandable like like a lot of horror movies where a family buys a house and they're a ghost but then they end up staying there then it's like there's a lot of financial ties into the place and they make that very clear in the movie Mm -hmm. and then he's much more motivated as like the head of the family they have a bunch of scenes talking about that is like he's very concerned about taking care of his family and this is a way that he can do that and he is the first one to jump on the bandwagon of like yeah let's have jennifer coolidge come to the house and what yeah. are the merch opportunities and what kind of brand deals can we do with Ernest? yeah mm-hmm. so obviously we've mentioned people in it mm-hmm. anthony mackie tina taro jennifer coolidge david yep. harbour um those were really the only four actors that I truly like knew. Kevin is played by a kid that was in a Netflix show called Everything Sucks. Jahida Dalo Winston. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Everything Sucks was a really cool show. It yeah. was only a season. It took place in like the 90s. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where Sydney 
Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney got her start, mm. or like that was one of the first things that I had seen her in, mm. at least. Um, so like that's how I knew him, mm-hmm. but otherwise the people in the movie I didn't really know, which like makes sense for like a Netflix streaming movie that does have three really big names right now and Tignataro. Yeah. Which Tignataro unfortunately isn't the, the the big name that I wish she was, but I'm sure she yeah. doesn't want to be a big name either. She like is obviously a very recognizable person, but I it's fair to say that she doesn't have the star power equivalent of Anthony Mackie in Marvel stuff and David Harper in Stranger Things. And also Marvel stuff. And also Marvel (laughs) stuff now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there was a interview um, that I found of David Harper talking about horror. Um, They also specifically call him a horror actor in the interview, which I didn't really think of until I was thinking about his career. And, like, I forget that people call Stranger Things a yeah, horror show. I never think of it as one. Yeah. Um, but then also Violent Night. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And I believe a couple other things. <laughs> Which we will also be talking about, right? Uh, or no, that was no, 2022. That was 2022. <laughs> never mind. We won't be talking about Violent Night. <laughs> yeah. Get it out your brains. Yeah. But we will be talking about 65 in every episode. Legally, yeah. Um, so David Harbour was talking about why horror is an important genre. He says, first of all, I do think it's the only place where you can have social commentary because you can have racism be expressed as an alien creature in a world like that. You see District 9, you're dealing with incredible social commentary there. Also, I think there is something within us that desires a mythical experience. I mean, our lives are somewhat mythic. The fact that we can conceive of our own death is a pretty crazy thing for a creature to walk around with. I think that we're all striving for this transcendence. Comic book heroes or even the horror genre, overcoming a monster contain this transcendent experience. I certainly like it, and I think a lot of people do. It's just a, it's always interesting to me to hear people talk about horror and like the thought that goes into it when yeah. I feel, feel like people consider it like a pretty cheap genre. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah. I'm not. it's known about me that I'm not a huge horror fan. Yeah. I think if... It's really easy to do a bad horror movie. Yeah, and like if we ever talk about horror movies, which we'll end up having to because they released this year, <laughs> um, we'll at least have a guest or I won't even... Yeah. be here because like i really just don't <laughs> like horror films so like i, I don't really i'm not going to be able to discuss it i, I think in a fair way because mm-hmm. i'll be like yeah it's a horror film i guess that's crazy wow yeah um he also talked about the uh, surprising difficulty playing a character who doesn't speak um and yeah how, and that is a yeah. big th- he never talks in the movie as the ghost yeah um he um saying how like at first it was a joke with his friends of like oh that's really easy you don't have any lines you need to memorize and then afterwards it's like you actually have to figure out the emotion that you're conveying through the scene only using your face that's very difficult yeah yeah acting acting who would have thought um so mostly talked about i think more production things than spoiler things so i don't know if there's anything specifically in the movie we want to mention spoiler zone now yeah i would say this is probably the spoiler zone welcome to the spoiler zone (laughs) get a little cool graphic (laughs) a bunch of (laughs) engines revving and then you see spoilers on cars and Uh and like buses and motorcycles they all have spoilers and it's just spoiler zone (laughs) that's free for the audience (laughs) um yeah so like 
I don't know, like we we talked about like the social media aspect, but I do feel like this this movie was considerably deeper than I expected. Um, yeah, because like they find out why David Harbor is a ghost. He and, was killed. And yeah, he was killed by his best friend. Yeah, and like a the a weird. It was more. I was more surprised by how he died than I yeah. expected I would be. Um, his best friend and his best friend's wife killed him and stole his daughter because they wanted a daughter. And they were like, the only way we can do it, I guess, is to kill so Ernest. Like, Ernest, who wasn't named Ernest, but he yeah. was wearing a bowling shirt when he died that said Ernest on it um, and then forgot his name. So now I forget his name. But um, as a human then his wife left him so then he was a single father and then um what they told their kidnapped daughter then when growing up was like her dad was an alcoholic um he just got overwhelmed once her mom left and couldn't take it anymore and then they were like he tried his best but yeah he knew when he needed to leave and then they never heard from him again or that's what they claimed at least yeah um and like they throughout the movie like drop little like clues and hints and stuff of like what's happening and like add to the mystery being solved but it's still like it really was like a not expected thing mm-hmm. um because you meet his best friend like they find the best friend super old now because he died like he 50 years ago Ernest was wearing borrowed his shirt so then they tracked down the shirt through like the bowling league and then they were like oh he's still alive it must be a mistaken identity or something and then it's Kevin and his friend who talked to him or something yeah yeah um and you're like oh that's that's wild but then like Ernest starts to remember things and remembers that he was killed and Mm -hmm. like that was unexpected and just pretty emotional. And there's also a scene at the end of the movie where Ernest still as a ghost meets his now fully grown daughter and it's very emotional. He says goodbye to her before he leaves this mortal plane. (laughs) Um, But there was also a weirdly emotional scene with Tignataro, uh, because like she's supposed to be like this bad guy ghost catcher um but then you we we learn that she's not bad she's just genuinely interested in ghosts and unfortunately the cia is the way that she can get closer so it it was she also doesn't have nearly as much power as the trailer kind of sets her up to have yeah where she um she's in this ghost department there's a ghost in here, apparently. We just heard a weird noise. Neat. Um, <laughs> special guest. <laughs> David um, <laughs> Harbour's ghost, everybody. Um, so there is a ghost department within the CIA, but it was discontinued or something because it's a ghost department. And they, they didn't find anything. Yeah. And then the Ernest video goes viral. And then I don't even know if she's technically an agent anymore at that point. No, she's like an author and like self-publisher, self-researcher yeah. into like the paranormal. Yeah. So then kind of works her way back into the CIA with the earnest evidence and then 
is able to convince them to give her some sort of authority because then there's the whole thing of like the special ops team crashing into the the guy who killed Ernest's house and they yeah. shoot him with their ghost guns shoot Ernest with the ghost gun and yeah. they capture Ernest and like then Ernest is all locked up and that makes Kevin sad because Ernest is Kevin's friend and you know mm-hmm. he just moved to the city um their family is also detained at one point by the CAA and then uh the CAA takes over the house and like sets it up as a base camp and then by that point Tignataro is kind of walking around like I'm really sorry that this that I'm here and making this happen yeah and then there's an like really emotional scene between Tignataro and David Harbour where Tignataro like just wanted to meet a ghost and like mm-hmm. this is her life's mission. I think she maybe saw a ghost as a kid or something that like led to this. Yeah. Um, and like she starts kind of like tearing up when she's with David Harbor, and then lets David Harbor go. Because mm-hmm. um, he was in ghost prison. He was in a ghost prison. Um, and I don't know. Like, obviously, you need like emotional scenes in a good movie and i think that's what made this a good movie Mm -hmm. but i just wasn't expecting it like i was still expecting like a fun silly movie with these actors but like just like having the emotional scenes and the crying and and everything like i just wasn't really expecting that in netflix's we have a ghost yeah so (laughs) yeah it took itself pretty seriously yeah and i don't know i don't know if there's really more in terms of spoilers and stuff of just like what we thought like i think it's obviously liked this movie mm-hmm. um uh i think kevin and his friend from school they do start dating yeah um it, it's you know kind of follows the family movie pattern that way of like boy and girl from school will like each other but new this one new kid in town meets weird girl weird reject (laughs) yeah yeah um but they do make it pretty clear like they have a decent amount in common and they do actually like each other as people yeah it doesn't feel forced she still had character yeah like it wasn't just like she's there yeah like (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah i mean yeah kevin has a brother we haven't talked about him oh yeah there is a brother he's like (laughs) The typical older sports, like, kind of bro brother. And, like, at one point he doesn't pick Kevin up from school or drive him to school or something. he's pretty standard. He's really not in the movie as much as, like, they don't focus on, like, the sibling dynamic nearly as much as they focus on the parent-son dynamic, Um, especially with Anthony Mackie, I think. Um, They have more scenes than, than with the mom. Um, Erica Ash. Uh, one thing I didn't like, mm-hmm. at least I'm remembering it this way, <laughs> is they did the classic, they moved to a new house that is just like a really cool house, but the kid doesn't like it because it's new and it's not like what he considers home. I thought and the, he didn't like it because they moved around so much they moved around so much yeah Yeah. but like it is a cool house it is a really cool house like it's a giant house and Mm -hmm. it's cheap because people call it the house of death Mm -hmm. and no one wanted to buy it Um, but it is just like a really cool house it's like in 
This is going to be a great reference. Okay. The Steve Martin Cheaper by the Dozen movie. Correct. When they move into a new house and the redhead kid who is like the black sheep of the family that everyone kind of makes fun of mm-hmm. gets stuck with a bedroom in the turret of this house and there's stained glass and the guy and the kid is yeah. like, I hate my new room. But also in, in this room is a slide from the room to outside and the kid <laughs> is like, I hate my new room. <laughs> and I'm just like, you, you have by far the coolest room of yeah. any house ever. Like, I just don't know why you're complaining. It's yeah. just, I wish that wasn't a trope. Like, I wish, like, I know, like, the kid has to, like, have growth and that, like, he's not happy. But then through these yeah. wacky hijinks, he becomes ha- happy. But, like, I think it's okay if the kid is, like, the house is cool. <laughs> I wish we didn't move around so much and we're probably going to move around again. But the house, the house is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a ghost now. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, oh, and, like, Anth- Anthony Mackie's character, the dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like we've talked enough about it that like his whole character is that he always finds new schemes and new jobs, which is why they move around yeah, a bunch. That's true. Like, it's not like he's a military dad and like they're going to different like bases or whatever. It's just like, he always goes all into the next thing that he finds of like, this is going to make us everything. Yeah. And his wife is always pretty supportive of him for whatever reason. Yeah. Which I think she, she's definitely portrayed as the more stable parent. Yeah. Um, not that Anthony Mackie isn't stable, but he, is like the less i guess he is kind of like the fun dad thing and then the mom has to be the yeah. realistic one which yeah. is also a pretty common dynamic that's portrayed yeah so uh yeah mm-hmm. was this movie successful uh it's hard to tell because it's netflix it's netflix yeah. so it was released february 24th 2023 on netflix it's um 127 minutes which i don't think we've talked about runtime a whole lot with the other movies uh we did with 65 of course because that's 133 minutes yeah it is a tight 90 (laughs) this is also pretty close to that which i think adds to the um classic 80s family movie feeling of like you will get in and out of that story not Um, 133 93 what 65 is 93 minutes 90 oh yeah an hour and 33 Yeah. yeah Sorry. Anyway. You just got to talk about 65 as much as I can. Yeah. Um, so ratings-wise, um, it got a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, 53 on Metacritic. I That is lower than I think it deserves. I'm going to look at the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, because that I feel like critics, that is a movie critics would be harsher on in, in this day and age, but like yeah. that was definitely higher than... Uh, 63% audience score. I would say higher than that even, but... Yeah. <sighs> it's fine. Like, you will enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, this movie had a budget of $75.3 million. Wow. So, if it was released on theaters in, like, the traditional route, I don't know if it would have made back its budget necessarily. Yeah. With the amount... or. If it had the same amount of press that it had, I mean, um, it had a decent press. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it actually had a decent amount of press, or if we were just really paying we attention into it. Yeah, to movies fair. coming out at the time. Um, I don't. Seventy-five point three feels like 
a big ask for this movie. No, that's a I mean, in comparison, sixty-five had ninety million, right? It was a ninety it million. It was a ninety million, yeah. And like that was a full CGI blown yeah. movie with fewer actors, but that does mean that like most of the seventy-five million went to the actors on this yeah. project, and then some special effects, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I was I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole of like how do you tell if a streaming original movie is successful sure. um, and I found a couple things from this one place called Netflix Life which is the most obnoxiously biased Netflix source that I have found <laughs> um, where it was like isn't it cool that Netflix doesn't sell your user data I love Netflix yeah. <laughs> and I hate sharing my password yeah. <laughs> um, so basically it this quote that I found from it was just saying that um, streamers like Netflix started creating their own original content because of licensing issues. So when companies like Disney and NBC decided to create their own streaming services, they started taking back the content they created, such as hit shows like Friends and Disney movies. So what kind of streamer would they be if they didn't have content? That's why Netflix started producing original content. They have shaken up the movie industry because of its pay structure. They pay producers the full cost of production. Actors, writers, and everyone else associated with making of the films are also paid up front, which I do think is interesting. That is interesting, but also that article is, is wrong because they started making original content before other streamers they've been have a heavily biased netflix source yeah. uh i don't work for netflix yeah you can't prove it <laughs> it is a pure coincidence <laughs> that my website is called netflix life <laughs> uh, so it basically they just kind of measure the success of a streaming original by like the number of subscribers that are around that time and yeah. a bunch of different algorithm things there's nothing like your specific money is directly going towards this one production yeah. which could be an interesting method but also super obnoxious for users if that became the norm i think mm -hmm. so uh you yeah. wanted to talk about the director yeah he has also done other yeah. horror-esque um I'll also say that, uh, like you mentioned earlier, this is based on the 2017 short story Ernest, written by Jeff Manaw, I think, um, who is also created or credited as a co-writer and executive producer on the film. I the, like that. The other co-writer was the director Christopher Landon, who is also known for the Happy Death Day and Freaky. Um, so and he, he does adaptations into horror. Kind of, yeah. That's he does. Because Happy Death Day was. Groundhog Day mm -hmm. horror and Freaky was Freaky, Freaky Friday, Friday horror. Yeah. Okay. Um, his three recent Bloomhouse films. I'm not sure when this article came out from the Hollywood Reporter, but um, it, and it, it says his three recent Bloomhouse films cost less than twenty million dollars combined. So it's a huge jump for him to go from yeah. the last three movies being twenty million combined to seventy-five point three million dollars. Um, and then, him. yeah, We Have a Ghost is apparently one of the projects that he wrote between Happy Death Day to You and Freaky, and he was pleasantly surprised when it actually got picked up. Hmm. Um, he has plans for Happy Death Day 3, <laughs> um, has a full story and, like, is really invested and wants it to be a real thing. Um, I know the first Happy Death Day did super well, or it overperformed, yeah. and then the second one did fine but it because it wasn't the same as the first one then apparently the studio in his interviews he's saying that the studio is reluctant to have the third one because the second the sequel never does as well as the original well so my thought is also just like how many death days do you need 
He says this is the last one. It's, he wants the trilogy. He wants the trilogy, and then um, he also wants to do a crossover with Freaky. <laughs> Good <laughs> so, for him. Yeah. Good for him for having all these ideas. Yeah. Um, also, with his with the the huge jump in budget, um, I saw a thing which I guess I didn't save, but um, in one of his interviews, he was talking about the um, process of filming David Harbour and the special effects for it, um, where they had to film, basically they had to film every scene four times um, with David Harbour in it and out of it and then everyone huh. else in it and then they rotoscoped him in and out of it. Wow. So they did all of that four times, including the massive car chase scene oh, that's man, in the that's movie impressive. that we didn't really talk about, but there is a massive car chase scene. Yeah, it's very cool. You should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah. So our our rating mm-hmm. of the movie, uh, we have our rating system. If you aren't familiar with it, it is a four star rating system with five options. <laughs> Zero out of four <laughs> means oh no, oh oh no, Shouldn't bad have done it. <laughs> bad movie. Don't make movies ever again. <laughs> uh, one out of four is that was a movie. Mm-hmm. You you could call it a movie. Mm-hmm. A two out of four is an enjoyable movie. It happened. You know, you can have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like anything like super special. Mm-hmm. Um, three out of four is an enjoyable and technically quality movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, four out of four is, you know, really good Oscar worthy. God damn. <laughs> kind of movie. You said a square. I said got. <laughs> <laughs> so my rating for We Have a Ghost was a three out of four. I think it's fun movie, and mm-hmm. with what you're saying with the rotoscoping, like it was made really well. Mm-hmm. That mine was also three out of four. Shocking. I think it's yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty enjoyable. Um, it was better than I expected. Yeah. Um, the trailer didn't make it look bad, but no it just looked like a yeah there was more to it than what the trailer showed which is you know a good trailer what you want it to do and then i think it was pretty well produced and seemed like everyone had a pretty good time making it yeah so So with each episode of this show we're going to end it with discussing a different movie that we'd watched this year that didn't come out this year Mm because we watch movies outside of the movies that are being released not to brag um and I had something else planned, but because we mentioned that it was a 2022 release, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up Violent, Violent Night, Night <laughs> which is the other David Harbour <laughs> horror film, <laughs> which was such a weird movie. It felt like two different movies yeah. were being made. Yeah. Like it was, it's Home Alone, but with Santa Claus. And, and people dying. And people dying so much and in in wacky christmas themed ways yeah um not a great movie i i remember like us sitting down and being like oh violent night is finally out on whatever streamer it is maybe amazon or something and and then yeah uh but like the automatic clip of the movie playing when you're like scrolling through things and then we were like what is this this looks awful yeah where it was just some random shot 
of like going through the hallway, but the lighting is so bad. It, yeah, it looked like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, like part. It was really weird. Like that looked like yeah. a Hallmark movie, and a lot of the other scenes look like a Hallmark movie, but then also a lot of scenes look like a really top tier yeah. cinematic. Which film. it's supposed to be making fun of the Hallmark movie thing, yeah. kind of, but. I don't think they were going for that level of detail of like, we're even going to make it look like it was lit by the Hallmark yeah. movie department. Not great. No. The um, rest of it was better than that one clip that they showed, but it was just like, why would you pick this one to play on your yeah. streaming service? That that would be a two out of four movie. Oh, yeah. Um, my review for it on Letterboxd, it's no Fred Claus. So few movies are. And that's all it was. <laughs> so there's nothing nothing really f- more for me to say yeah. about Violent Night, I don't think. <laughs> but it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And if you want a, a silly, dumb movie to put on, which yeah. is, I think, the theme of our other movies that we watch, I guess, because I feel like every time now it's been a silly movie that yeah. isn't really like a movie you have to watch, but a movie that is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So... Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you for watching the Year of the Movie podcast, the podcast where we discuss movies that have been released in 2023. As always, I'm Sebastian. I'm Maggie. You can find our content at Virtual Cocktail Recordings. We have another channel called Virtual Cocktail where we do our own films. Mm-hmm. And our social media is going to be virtual cocktail and all that jazz. So follow us there. Uh, Leave a like. Leave a subscribe. Leave a ring bell. (laughs) (laughs) And leave leave the episodes playing nonstop so we just rake in. And just leave. And just walk away. We're not good at talking to people. (laughs) And we will see you next time on Year of the Movie.